This is Career Competitor, and it is the podcast that believes we all have a competitive self that drives our optimal performance in our careers and within our lives. My name is Steve Meller, and in the past 15 years, having been a coach to high performers, Olympians, business owners, executives across all walks of life, I have come to find that competitiveness comes from within. And I'm going to be using this podcast to really showcase how competitors from all walks of life are finding optimal performance and have built the careers that they have today. On this episode of Career Competitor, we get to welcome back Lex Gillette. That's right, my former guest, Lex Gillette, returns to the show, five-time Paralympian, has so much to share with us, and I'm excited to give him the introduction. He certainly deserves here in a little bit, but just some insights here in terms of things to be looking out for within this awesome episode. Firstly, the role that fear has on remaining within or breaking through your comfort zone. Secondly, we talk about the power of vulnerability when it comes to simply assessing problems. And finally, we talk about why we should, in fact, aim to discover obstacles within our path. That's right, not avoid them, actually go and try to discover them. So I'm excited to get into this and much, much more. And for those wanting to learn more about Lex, his offerings, and his story, head to LexGillette.com. That's LexGillette.com. That information will be in the show notes. And with all that being said, let's get right to it. Hey, before we carry on with this episode, let me bring your attention to a link that you'll find right there in the show notes so that you can subscribe to my monthly email. It's just going to give you some awesome insights on who it is I am, what it is I've got going on, and maybe there'll be one or two food for thoughts in there that can stimulate your process, get you to get a little unstuck, get you to take a little bit more action, and maybe get you a little closer to optimal performance as you start to shape a stronger version of your optimal self. Go ahead, click that link in the show notes so you can become part of the ever-growing email list that's receiving this awesome insight each and every month, courtesy of me and courtesy of Career Competitor. Now, back to the episode. Okay, our career competitor today is a returning competitor to the show and one that has embodied a life of competitiveness throughout his journey. Our guest has been both a participant and medalist at the last five, that's right, five Paralympic Games where he most recently claimed the silver medal at the Tokyo 2020 Games. He is highly sought after speaker thanks to his message on having no need for sight when you have a vision. This very message has now been formed into the title for his debut book, where he provides a message on what blindness can teach us about risk and leadership. It is a true honor and a delight for me to be welcoming back to Career Competitor, Mr. Lex Gillette. Lex, how are you doing, brother? I'm doing good. Man, I I need to take you on the road with me when I speak for <laughs> the, the intros. That was a nice intro. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Giving you the intro you deserve. And you're not the first person to say that. Maybe there's a business in this introduct- inter- introductory space. So I'll, I'll maybe yeah. I'll dive into that sometime. But <laughs> um, but brother, man, I- I'm just excited to have you back on. Um, you know, your, your, your story uh, that you dove into, the, the history of your life that you dove into the first time 
that you were on the show really brought about some just phenomenal insights and teachings when it came to very much what you've now been able to put into this book, like overcoming and, and countering risk and then and then how that can really teach you as a leader and more so as a competitor as well in, in, in terms of the life that you've led. Um, and I want to obviously encourage people to go back and, and we'll have that information here to go back and check out that first episode because today I, I want you to get us up to speed, man, brother, like how, how the last couple of years been and uh, maybe even give us some insights on what the whirlwind's been like of, of releasing a book. So walk us through maybe the last couple of years here. Yeah, I think that, um, well, we had Tokyo in 2021. So, you know, it was pushed, it was pushed ahead a, a year. I'm sorry, pushed back a year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went to, to Tokyo, competed, was able to get on the podium. And since then, I've just been training. Uh, obviously, want to go for the next Paralympic Games, which will be held next year, mm-hmm. next summer in Paris. So that's awesome. But um, yeah, I want to say, the beginning of 2021 is when I started getting my thoughts together for no need for sight when you have a vision. Mm-hmm. And um, I knew that I wanted to create something that could speak to the leader within. I definitely feel like we all, as at a certain point in time in life, we all step into that leader role. We're all leading someone or something. And so just using my experiences and leveraging things that I've experienced in sport and life, being able to tell those stories in a way that can pull, you know, hopefully some sort of impactful lesson out and, you know, speak to the reader and hopefully give them something that they can leverage as they pursue their own personal and professional goals. Yeah, and <laughs> straight away something you said that just took me right back to the first time we spoke that 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 idea of leading something or someone and you know the the one thing that just has stuck with me since the first time we spoke was the incredible leadership role that your mother played um in your life and and, and just the yeah. way in which she was able to tell you what you needed to hear and give you what you needed to have and and just provide that guidance that was required to take on so much of the adversity that came with being blind at a young age and and having to just become what you have become and made what is now as you head into uh, Paris next year, you know, two decades, two decades at the top of a sport. Man, I, I'll tell you, anyone listening, like, you don't do that easily. <laughs> you don't do that easily. That takes a different kind of specimen to say, hey, not only am I going to be competitive, am I going to compete against the world's best, but I'm going to do it for two decades. Um, you know, that that takes some doing. And I'm just curious, when when you say something like lead, leading something or someone, how much is the message within the book or maybe just your entire perspective on leadership as a whole, man? How much is leading, when you say leading someone, what about that person in the mirror? How much responsibility do we have when it comes to just simply leading ourselves day in, day out? That's, that's, that's a one numero uno. I think that you, you have to look at yourself and you have to, you look at the experiences that you've had, the things that you've done, what you're currently doing, what you're planning to do and understand how your actions will impact your own life and experiences. And then on top of that, you think about how those things will impact the lives of, of other people. Um, 
I think that as a competitor, as an athlete, I'm always just assessing and reassessing what I'm doing from a training standpoint, from a strength and conditioning standpoint, from a, a nutrition standpoint, sleeping, making sure that I can tap into absolutely everything that I can tap into to have the best performances. Sure, I you know, there's a competitive field out there and they're chomping at the bit to knock you off of your your square, but at the end of the day, um when it comes to competition specifically, more times than not, I'm really focusing on myself because I want to make sure that I am tapping into every single resource possible so that I can be the best, you know, be the best athlete that I can be. But I also think that, you know, when we think about leading other people as well, you know, it's a similar type of situation. Mm-hmm. I think that when the folks who you are leading, when they are sitting in front of a person who is constantly thinking about what they can do mm-hmm. to you know, help you or open doors or help you see differently to give you a different perspective. I think that that really helps to kind of expedite that, that trust that's being built. Um, you know, the communication, the, um, you know, just them being able to, oh man, like I really, you know, I believe in this person. I, I see the vision that they're painting. And, you know, it's not just that you need to do this type of approach. It's truly a, you know, collaborative effort that is spearheaded by someone who understands that they have to not only look at others, but look at themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you got my attention now, man. Like the, again, it's it, the, the, the notion that what we talk about here on this podcast is, is, is how do we make a career of being competitive and personal leadership as in the leadership you provide to yourself is without a doubt a key to being as competitive as you can be within your field, mainly because if you want to elevate where you are right now to where it is you would like to go. Part of that process will be taking on some responsibilities of leadership. So if you're not taking care of you, if you're not leading you, good luck actually establishing that ability as a leader to lead others as well. So love that insight, man. And and, and certainly it is a, a key factor when it comes to separating yourself as a competitor, no matter what respective field or, or team or organization you might be operating within. But the 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 first part of this conversation now I want to go to is how you include the word risk um, within the title of your book. And just to give everybody um, that full title for the book uh, so they can make sure that they go <laughs> and get themselves a copy of it. Um, we are, you, you released it back in March is what you told me. And, and the book is called no need for sight. When you have a vision, what blindness can teach us about risk and leadership. So interesting choice of the word risk. So tell me, man, like what was the reason behind using that word risk within the book? And, and, and what is the, uh, what is the, the role that that word risk plays throughout the book as well? Mm, great question. I think that, so risk, I think that in a lot of times in our minds, it shows up as a synonym for you know, fear or, um, you know, just being like in this day and age, I feel like people, they feel as though when they are in their comfort zone, things are, you know, it's like 
it's, it's cool. It's simple. It's easy. I can, I can manage this. Um, and then once you step out of that comfort zone, now you're having to, to take a risk. Mm. And I think that it's very scary for people and they get, you know, they get afraid because of what, what might happen when in actuality, you have to look at, you know, what isn't going to happen. You stay in this space, in this place where you're comfortable and you know, you're on cruise control, basically, you might not reach your full potential. And risk is all about getting out there and, and trying new things, is pushing yourself, is helping people to push themselves, it being able to expand and grow, evolve into a better person than what you were the day before. And so how risk shows up in the book, um, you know, it kind of stems from how risk looks in my own life. Mm. As someone who's totally blind, every time that I step outside of the door to my home, there's some sort of risk that I might be encountering. You know, I could I could run into something, there could be some construction going on, and you know, I could potentially you know hit that, or, but you know, I don't. I don't focus on those things. And I think that when we, the relationship that we have with risk, I think it's important to understand that on the opposite side of risk is, you know, it's something, something amazing. It's something incredible. There's growth, there's development. There's some sort of key that you are able to, to grasp and unlock the door to even more potential. Um, and so you know, my relationship with fear and, and how I articulate it in the book is one that I hope that's, you know, it's, it's like a healthy view of it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we need it in life in order to be the best that we can be. And so that is you know, woven throughout the, the book as well as, you know, other, other things, but um, that risk aspect is, you know, it's huge, especially given the day and age that we live in right now. Um, from a competition standpoint, competition is hard. You got to take some risk. Yep. As a business leader, the economy is tough right now. Um, and you would want to, naturally, I think you want to to retreat and kind of protect yourself, but this might be the time where you, where you might need to take a risk. And you are you 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 are preaching right now, bro, man. Like that 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 is <clears throat> this is the stuff that consistently um, will leave me frustrated when I see the potential in so many people and their ability to just identify the very first risk that's directly in front of them to be the reason why they don't even get out the starting blocks. And you know your example here <laughs> it should be. Something that anyone listening to this should be inspired by is just that simple daily risk that you run just by simply walking out of your front door. Like that is where your first risk starts from the moment you leave the house. And and that is such a powerful message because we all have that same situation that comes our way within our lives or within our week or within our day where we have a choice just to simply leave the house in, within our process. And we have this decision to make sometimes where we just have to 
look to the other side of risk. I love how you put that, looking to the other side of risk, not looking at the risk, but looking to the other side. So perfect example, just sort of speaking for you, if you don't mind, like just hearing you say that that great risk that you have of of leaving the house, you look on the other side of that door to your house and say, I know what I want to accomplish. I know what I want to achieve. I am going after another Olympic Games 12 months from now. If I don't leave the house, I don't get to perform at that Olympic Games the way I would like to. You know, and, and again, for you as a Paralympian to be able to say, this is part of the process that I have to go through to get onto the other side of this risk in order to achieve my potential. I mean, that, that, yeah. that, that's what I'm hearing, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's like the other interesting thing too is like, like risk of, I mentioned it in like a physical sense as an, oh, okay, yeah, I might run into something or, or hurt myself. Uh, which is totally possible then but then you also think about like there's a risk that you'll be in a situation where where you'll be embarrassed there's Mm -hmm. risk that you'll be in a situation where you might feel ashamed you might be irritated you know for someone like me where some some of the societal perceptions are just you know there's a risk that i'm going to run into someone who has an inaccurate view of who I am and what I'm capable of doing. And that's that's based on you know the the fact that you know I'm walking around with a cane. And in actuality, if they saw you know what, what was behind the cane, you know, it would be a totally different, you know, def- totally different viewpoint. But um risk includes all of those things as well. And um and we are not as human beings, we're going to have connection points with all of those things. So again, um, even though you might feel those things or experience those things, you have to look to the other side and understand that there's, you know, there, there's some, there's a bright, brighter side. Mm. I love it, man. And, and again, it's, you know, going back to the initial way you responded to that question about risk, you know, that synonym that people tend to use of, of fear, um, you know, be, looking at risk and saying, oh man, it's just, I'm scared. I'm, I'm worried. I'm, I'm terrified of, of what, maybe waiting for me on the other side and and like you said it may not be physical it may just be that feeling of potential embarrassment potential shame hey potential failure and people seeing and witnessing that failure and 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 you allowing that failure to drive the fact that you don't even take a step you don't even approach the risk in the first place and Without having, you know, I'm not, I've yet to get a, a copy of the book, and I certainly intend to. But you know, I'm I'm curious now. Is is that what you do with the book? Do you tie in leadership with uh, the sort of almost way to counteract risk? Is that where you go with the book? Um, I'll put it to you like this: I think that um, you know, in approaching that risk and understanding that there is a broader future. Um, as a leader, I'm sharing some of those experiences where, um, you know, as a leader, you, you know, you have to assume this role and responsibility. And again, there will be these moments where you reach a crossroads and you're going to have to make a decision. And the result or the outcome of the decision that you make is, you know, it's going to impact you and it's going to impact those who are in your circle. 
Um, so you want to make sure again that you're doing the things, sharpening yourself in a way that when you reach these points and places in life, you'll be able to see those things with a, a clear vision, a clear set of mental eyes, and be able to make the best possible decision so that you can uh you know continue down this road of uh, of success. Yeah, decision making. Decision making, man, we as as human beings, we've we've got some work to do there. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, yes. I say that for myself. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I and I love I love that you immediately responded like that because I think that's what's key here, man. Like here you are writing a book about risk and leadership. And and I jump on that topic of decision making and the first thing you say is like, Hey, shoot, I got I got some stuff to do. I got some work to do myself on that sort of thing. And I'm just yeah. curious with the the messaging behind a book like this, sometimes you know, the one thing I tried to avoid when I wrote my book was it to, to almost write it as though it was like some sort of gospel of how to realize your potential. I, I wanted this to be like, hey, this is this is an idea. This is an approach. This is a way that we can go about it. And there's a yeah. lot of stuff in there that has worked for me. I'm curious, in what way did you maybe write this book and, and sort of almost suggest to the reader like, hey, this is this is what's worked for me and this is why it's worked for me. Like how how important was that part of the message to you? That's really important to me because number one, I grew up going to to church back in North Carolina. So mm -hmm. like I remember those times when the, the pastor's preaching at you and they're uh, talking directly, uh, talking at you and things like that, which you know, in that type of environment. Okay. Um, but my personality is very much, I want the reader to hear my voice and it feel as though we're just having a conversation. I like to joke around and, you know, make, make jokes here and there and stuff like that. And, just, and uh, but also, um, I want the reader to kind of see my growth and development as a person and, and as a leader. And the reason I say that is because, you know, we just talked about the risk of being embarrassed, being afraid making a mistake in front of people and you know they they laugh or ridicule you um and i wanted to use the book as an opportunity to share some of those vulnerable moments hmm. and let them know that hey that, that this is you know this is totally fine too i think hmm. that when we talk about leadership and we think about leadership you want to be vulnerable you want to be transparent so that again you're building a, a solid relationship with those who are entrusting you to take them to a certain place. Um, and so, yeah, in that book, I'm just, you know, hopefully I'm sounding like I sound right now. I certainly, my goal was not to talk at people. Um, because again, even though I've had, I've experienced success in my life, there's still areas that I need to work on. So I don't even think that I'm in a position to even you know, talk to someone in that capacity. Um, but I just feel like, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, too, the best conversations I want is where we can, you know, we're both contributing to to the uh, the conversation. And so again, that's that's the kind of feel that I wanted the reader to have, um, mm -hmm. and you know, certainly ask. You know, I have questions within the book where. You know, 
what do you think about this? Or how does this show up in your life? And so mm-hmm. just getting them to think about their own story instead of focusing on me the whole time. Yeah. And that, that element of vulnerability, man, like it's, it, it covers risk and it covers leadership. You know, it covers risk in the sense as a vulnerable leader, you're able to sort of tell people like, listen, I get it. Like I understand risk and this is actually how I failed in moments mm-hmm. where I've taken a risk. But as a leader, I'm also here to tell you that despite those failures, it's not a reason for you not to try again and to try mm-hmm. again and to try again. And at the heart of what you're saying too, which I think people can only hear enough, is uh, you don't have it all figured out. <laughs> you don't have it all figured mm-hmm. out. You're still figuring it out. And I'm still figuring it out. We're all just figuring it out in some way, shape, or yeah. form. Like there's no there's no guarantee in terms of how you get from A to B in this life. You know, there's always yeah. going to be a, a need for an option C, option D, option E as you go and to adapt and to face different risks and different adversities along the way. Um, so man, I'm, I'm, I'm here for everything that you're preaching right now, man. This is really great stuff. And, uh, I just want to encourage people to go to lexgillette.com where you can get, uh, a copy of the book and it's on Amazon too, right? Yes, it is. Amazon, Barnes and Noble, all of all your, uh, your major um, awesome. bookstores. Yeah. Good, good stuff. Good stuff. Now, what, one thing I definitely wanted to cover with you too, man, is, the, the sort of evolution of your competitive journey as well. Because the one thing I know from sport is that the way in which you may be prepared and went about your your job, say, two decades ago, I have to assume is is a is a there's a there's a difference now. There's it's a different, different. Yeah, yeah, there's a different approach to the way you talk to me a little bit about how you've had to maybe evolve in order to remain, you know, competitive at the at the level that you still are to this day. Yeah. So when I I think when I lost my sight, that unlocked this very just insane amount of like, drive um, that I've been able to leverage and, and you know, it's helped me in athletics, outside of athletics. Um, I say that to say when I first started training for the Paralympics, you know, I'm, I'm a teenager and I got a whole bunch of energy and I'm running around and coaches are trying to show you different techniques and things like that. And they're just, they're, they're you know, teaching you everything that you need to know. But I also secretly felt like since I was in high school, all right, let me tire this kid out. So, you know, they get home and, you know, parents are like, all right, thank, thanks coach. Like I don't have to deal with the kid tonight. But um, yeah, like I had all the energy in the world and as years have gone by, still have, you know, a lot of energy. Um, but, you know, I can totally tell that you know, I might not be as athletic as I was 10 years ago. I might not be as agile as I was 10 years ago and understanding how to Having the mindfulness to know when to rest and recover mm-hmm. has been a really big piece to kind of the, these last five years or so. Um, yeah, I'm still able to compete at a high level, but you know, I might have to go into to sports med an hour early and get the heat pack out or focus on, on stretching a lot more before the, the competition. And again, this kind of points back to what we were talking about earlier when we said you have to look into the mirror hmm. and you have to identify these areas where you can where you can improve. Like when I was 
when I was 25 years old, yeah, I could have rolled out of the bed and, and warmed up like five, 10 minutes and, and had a, you know, it would have probably would have been a decent performance. It, it might not have been a great one. Um, but there's no way that I could pull that off right now. So I have to be a lot more, a lot smarter about what I'm doing in training, how I'm resting, how I'm recovering. Um, and even when I'm in the competition itself, in the long jump, each athlete, you know, they get six attempts. And so they go country by country by country. So there's probably about, I don't know, 10 to 15 minutes in between each attempt that you take. So now I'm focusing on like, how do I stay warm? How do I keep my, my muscles loose, my body going so that when these 15 minutes are up or however, <clears throat> excuse me, however long it'll be, I'll be able to um, have a similar, if not better, jump that I did in the previous attempt. Um, so, yeah, it's there, there's a lot of lot of things going on these days, just in terms of ensuring that I can, you know, keep it going because it is, you know, it's harder, it's harder. But that's that's the beauty of it. Like when you were just talking about, oh, okay, well, <coughs> excuse me. Excuse me. Um, you know, there's there's always something that we can improve upon. There's always something that we can work on. There's always something that we can do. And I just think that's the beauty of it because that just goes to show you that um, you know there's still some progress that can be made. Yeah, that's the that, again. If, if if you're listening, if you're listening properly here, people like someone who's been at it at the top of their game for two decades for them to say that's the beauty of it when it comes to learning something new or getting better at something or adapting or evolving to see the beauty in that process is uh it's powerful man it's a powerful lesson it's a powerful takeaway and, and, and as you're talking there about the format of long jump it's something i'm certainly uh no stranger to like i understand the sport it, it, it's almost at this point now it's not about being as good as you once were it's about saying how can i be good once right how can i be good once at this level and and do everything around those potentially six jumps that i need to do to keep my body prime for that one moment where everything the stride is right the technique is right the 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 takeoff is right like everything falls into place at the right time but you got to put yourself in that position by doing the things between the jumps in order to uh to make it happen and trust me man i'm, I'm a couple years shy now of 40 and the idea of just jumping over a puddle to avoid a puddle sometimes is <laughs> I'm probably going to injure myself in some way. So the fact that you're still doing this, man, and, and doing it the level that you are is just a testament uh, to that to that person, that, 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 that animal, if you will, that you uh, somehow woke in yourself where you started to leverage that drive from a young age and, and you still have that drive, it sounds like, to this day, which is it's just yeah. something to admire, man. It's something I'm such a fan of and um you know i'm just i'm just here for all of it but but one thing i want to allow you to do here before i let you go is uh you know just just share with us maybe a uh an insight if you will that uh, you tend whenever you get these opportunities to speak to these larger audiences you know what what is it about your message in those in those larger situations where you're speaking to a a company or an organization whatever it is like what is that one message that you're always trying to get across to people that you know, you know that. Hey, if, if I listen to, if I come and listen to Lex Gillette, um, when I walk away, this is going to be the message that I walk away with, and this is how you know I'm going to be impacted by the time with him. 
Great question. I think that the lesson that I've really been trying to harp on recently is the understanding or helping people shift their mind around obstacles. And the reason that I say that is because imagine I'm walking out of my apartment and walking down the sidewalk. I mentioned earlier about there's there's always some sort of risk that that could present itself. Um, and so from the outside looking in, people might think that, oh my gosh, like this, you know, this is really risky. This guy's blind, he's walking down the sidewalk, he's about to run into a, a, a pole. And so they'll walk up to me, oh, sir, 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 stop, 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 you're about to hit this pole. Mm-hmm. And so that pole, or in most people's minds, that obstacle, for me, is really not an obstacle. It's actually a landmark. And I say that because when I'm sliding my cane from left to right on the sidewalk, I'm purposefully trying to find that pole so that I know how many steps I need to take forward. So I take my one or two steps forward, and then I know that I can make a right-hand turn to continue down my path toward you know, my favorite pizza spot. <laughs> and so it's the same thing with obstacles. A lot of people want to stop. They want to retreat. They want to turn around and go the other way. But you have to look at this obstacle as a landmark because that's truly what it is. And it's only something that it's a point in your journey that you have reached. And once you have made connection with that landmark, it should give you some sort of idea as to what needs to happen next. How do you need to guide your decisions moving forward? based off of this this landmark that you that you come in contact with oh um, man and that's really all obstacles are i love it man i mean that's <laughs> that's just that's as good an insight as any any audience can uh can want to get uh and you know and again as my mind's going it's just thinking on a day-to-day basis man if you seek out those obstacles and define them as landmarks just think the next time you go on that very same journey the, the likelihood of you being able to you know identify that that landmark is coming again that it's around the corner you know that that heightened awareness immediately every time and it's that heightened curiosity i talk about it with clients all the time it's like and one of the one of the greatest attributes any leader can have is a heightened curiosity like a curiosity for what is out there what can we what can we find what can we discover what can we learn and sometimes that means going after risk going after obstacles and then being able to look at them differently so man i I love it brother you you know i appreciate you and and, and your time and, and as much as anything i appreciate your message and keep keep going with it man keep keep putting it out there to the world because more people need to hear it and i'm glad that i can just give you 30 minutes of my time and and provide you this platform to to continue to share that message and you know you're always uh you're always welcome back on career competitor anytime brother and and before i let you go if there's any additional insight you want to provide to our listeners in terms of where they can maybe learn more about you uh and find you uh go ahead and, and and feel free to share that here yeah. I, well, first of all, I appreciate you allowing me the time to come back on again, and and um, it's a it's, obviously it's a great great platform where we can come up here and, and just share our perspectives and and uh, vantage points. So I appreciate it. 
Hmm. Um, you can find me on LexGillette.com. My handle is at LexGillette for basically everything, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Um, and uh, yeah, and you can find me on the track as well, getting ready for Paris 2024. Yeah, and you're already qualified, is that right? Yeah, it's it's a weird process. So um, the qualification period opened, and I believe I have qualified, but we still have to go to trials sure. next year and you know solidify our spot. So yeah, got it. Good deal. Well, man, I'm going to be following you as I did last uh, last Olympic Games and uh, last Paralympic Games. Sorry, and uh, you know just continue to to remain a cheerleader of yours from the sidelines and. Uh, you know, just best of luck with all the prep, best of luck with the continued uh, efforts that you're making with your message, man, and and just good luck in, in, in general, brother, and look forward to, to remaining in touch with you. Oh, thank you so much. We have to, uh, it, was, it was a couple of years ago. We'll have to do it in a couple of years. <laughs> yes, sir. We'll do it again. We're, we're almost at 200 episodes now, so maybe around episode 300, we'll come back on. <laughs> there we go. Thanks, man. All right. Thanks again for listening to this episode of Career Competitor. And before you leave, be sure to take advantage of your free one-time discovery call with me to see how I can be of service to you as a coach or potentially even your team. Depending on what it is you're looking for at this point within your career, I want to be able to serve you with 30 minutes of my time to see how I can be of use to you and help you on your path of continued growth towards your optimal self in order to find optimal performance. Be sure to reach out to me, steve at careercompetitor.com or just head to the website careercompetitor.com. I look forward to connecting with you soon and bye for now.